What up, it's your boy Cool Shep. This podcast is brought to you by my boy Joey T and Tyrese Maxi. But right now, you know, we just maxing on the courts, hailing from the streets of South Philly. Sometimes it gets a little hectic out there. But right now, we go up you on how we just chill. What is going on, Sixers fans? Welcome back to another edition of Trust the Podcast, our first playoff edition of the pod. I am your host, Joe Tooman, as always, once again, joined by my fellow Sixers diehards, Justin Ischinger, JP Miganolti. Guys, thanks for joining me once again today. Of course, Joe. Pleasure as always, Joe. Thank you, JP. That's what I love to hear. And it is a pleasure because the 76ers are once again getting back into some playoff basketball. This is our fifth straight year in the playoffs after suffering through the process. But we kind of are still suffering when we have guys like Doc Rivers coaching this basketball team. But I'm going to try and be optimistic as we start previewing this playoff series today. The 76ers will be hosting the Raptors in the 4-5 seeded matchup of the first round of the playoffs. Sixers, of course, will be without Matisse Thibel in games on the road in Toronto. And we just lost the Raptors about a week or two ago in a close game. It was certainly not what we were hoping for. We were hoping that game would be a really nice win to help cement Joel Embiid's MVP status. But as we know, he was never going to win MVP anyway because the media has a bias against him. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. Regular season is in the past. Playoffs are here. So starting with you, JP, just before we get into some specifics, just what's your general mindset for the 76ers right now as we approach this postseason? I mean, I, I know a lot of people are very down on the team right now. But this past week, well, not week, but a couple of days that I haven't been able to watch them, uh, I'm getting more and more optimistic about them. Yeah, I, I think, like, beating the Pistons, you know, it's not exactly a huge monumental uh, event. But at the same time, I think ending the year with a couple wins kind of helped put the Sixers back in people's good graces. What about you, Justin? Yeah, I am excited for the playoffs. Playoff basketball always gets me hyped up. Uh, this year, I'm more scared of the first round than years previous. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, but I still think the Sixers can pull out a few victories, give us a few smiles, <laughs> and we'll leave it at that. Yeah, I I certainly hope that this is not a first-round exit for this Sixers team. And we're going to get to our official predictions in a bit. But obviously, as I mentioned before, one key aspect of this series for sure is the loss of Matisse Thibel because he is not vaccinated and Toronto, Canada, they're still not letting players who are unvaccinated play in the uh, Air Canada Centre for the Raptors. So we'll be at, we will be without our main wing defender in this series. And, you know, the role players for this Sixers team have already struggled, been a little inconsistent this year, and not having Thibel on defense is certainly going to hurt, especially against the Raptors team that has a lot of different weapons to choose from when it comes to scoring the basketball. JP, what's what's your thoughts on the Thibel situation, um, both in terms of just him not being able to play and also what it will mean for him? It will mean for the team without him in the playoffs. I will say that I think if this if there was a series or games for him to miss, it would be the Raptors because I, I really don't see him being uh, as big of a factor as he is usually. Just because uh, the rap, their defense, they're all like six nine with yeah. seven foot wingspan, so he would basically be useless on offense, and he would be pretty much undersized against most of their wings on defense. Uh, 
but I mean, it will be a uh, somewhat of a loss on defense, obviously, just because they have so much length and athleticism, and we're probably the least athletic team in the NBA. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm rocking my George Niang shirt right now, but just because I'm supporting the guy doesn't mean he's necessarily the most athletically gifted player out there. Justin, what do you have to say about Thibel? And do you guys, either of you, Justin, starting with you, do you, do you guys even really care that much about him not being vaccinated or you think it's kind of just you got to move on from him and just go forward? Because he's only going to miss road games. It's not like he's missing the whole series. I mean, my problem with it is that he's half vaccinated. Yeah, that was the weirdest part. That's just strange to me. Uh, but it's whatever, I guess. It's his decision. But uh, it's really going to be – Hard without him. Van Vliet, uh, mm. Gary Trent, those would be his assignments. They're both really nice guards that yeah. we've seen kill the Sixers before. Uh, and then I'm just not sure if, like, they're going to switch the rotations up in home games, away games. Yeah. Yeah, that will be interesting to see, like, because Danny Green, you know, he started against the Raptors last week when Thibault also couldn't play because that was also a road game against Toronto. Danny actually had probably maybe his best game of the year. He had, like, 18 points. I was shooting the three well. Uh, it will be interesting to see if Doc, with his old-fashioned mindset, decides, you know, he wants one rotation for the whole series or if he's going to – so he'll have Danny start every game or if the home games he will keep Thibel as the primary starting at, starter at forward. I agree with what you said also, Ish. You know, we saw Gary Trent Jr. without Thibel. He lit the Sixers up for 30 points. A very efficient shooting as well. I mean, Gary Trent's a solid player, but he's a streaky player. You don't want him scoring 30 points like that. That's definitely pretty much – he was playing pretty much at the peak of his powers in that game. And without Thibel, JP, I heard what you were saying there with the, the big men, the, the long, the tall guys on the Raptors that they have. That's definitely their biggest strong suit. But like Justin said, Van Vliet, Gary Trent, I mean, those are guys that I thought Thibel would have been really important to minimize, especially because of the length that the Raptors have on the for the rest of their team, that that would have been important to neutralize. But without Thibel in the lineup, there's there's going to be – clearly some holes to fill and really holes to fill for the entire team outside of Embiid, who's star of this team. But starting with you on this one, Ish, who, who do you think needs to step up the most if we're going to escape from this first round series? Mm. I mean, we know what Embiid's going to do. Embiid's going to get triple teamed. Uh, he said mm-hmm. it today. Uh, the Raptors always play him well. The tech go at him, do anything in their power to not let him score. So, by saying that, I think we need James Harden to step up, obviously. Uh, if Embiid's not going to be able to average 40 points a game, we need that second player, which is James Harden, to get us some efficiency, start our offense when Embiid's not on the floor and all of that. Yeah, definitely. Harden, you know, <laughs> I've talked about his up and down shooting stretches since he's been here ad nauseum at this point. Uh, JP, what do you have to say about this topic? Doesn't have to be Harden. Who do you, who do you think needs to come up to the step up to the plate here? Yeah, I, I agree with Harden, but I also think uh, Tobias gonna have to have a pretty good series just because of uh, what Justin said. Like they just constantly are doubling and triple teaming, so there's gonna be opportunities to catch and shoot from three. And I mean, Harden is obviously not that great of a catch and shoot uh, three point shooter, but he's gonna have to be this series. And Tobias. Uh, I mean, I, I hate Tobias, but the, <laughs> the past <laughs> month or so. He's been past, playing really well recently. Yeah, I mean, he has been has, playing really has. well. Yeah, the thing, with, like you were saying, the double teams, triple teams that Toronto's going to be throwing at Embiid with all those 
all their sides that they have on this team. Tobias, he's been he's been playing very well lately since we got Harden. His play has gone up a notch. I would say just the concern I would have for Tobias is that if if Embiid is for whatever reason not being doubled on a certain possession, I think Tobias is going to have trouble getting his shot off. We know that he takes a, a couple seconds to get those shots off more often than not. And when you got guys like Siakam running at you, Scotty Barnes, who's been terrific as a rookie, he's a great defender as well. Even, you know, Ken Birch, Chris Boucher, and of course, if OG Ananobi comes back, not entirely sure of his status for this series. He's been out about a month, at least for the Raptors. Not, I haven't heard anything uh, confirming if he's come back, but just all those, you know, these long forwards that the Raptors have at their disposal, that they could give Tobias trouble. But the key for Tobias, like you said, JP, is going to be thriving when Embiid is dishing out to him out of a double team. Tobias is going to be able to – he's going to need to be able to hit those open threes, those contested threes off the catch for sure. And Justin mentioned Embiid, his past history with the Raptors and how they they throw all their bigs at him, both in you know in the Toronto series against Kawhi back then with Marcus Saul and Siakam and now Siakam and Barnes and whoever else they may have. Are you guys concerned about – and beat in this series at all, not in terms of his stats, but just do you think he can get overwhelmed, JP? What do you think? Previous years, I probably would have said yes, but the way he's been playing this year, I really don't think it, anything you can do uh, that can stop him at this point. Uh, he's just so skilled and he's so mm-hmm. much bigger and stronger than them that I still think he'll be able to put up 32 and 12 every night. Yeah. yeah. Justin, what about you? It's the same thing. Like, the rightful MVP. Yes. Uh, the scoring champion. Uh, I don't think he's going to have any problems uh, getting his – like, he's going to play well. Yeah. Uh, he might not put up 40 and 20 a game. He might. But uh, I think he'll be thrown off a little bit. I think he'll be taking less shots probably. Uh, so, it's really up to those other guys to step up. I would agree for sure. I think the lone concern I have, like I said, I'm not really concerned about the stats for Embiid. I think he'll certainly be able to score the basketball. I, I think, yeah, I agree with what you guys said. He's certainly still my the MVP in my eyes. I don't care about all the other nonsense. I, I, I'm going to try and avoid talking about this on this podcast. I want to focus on the playoffs here. But I think he's going to be able to stay his dominant self in the post. I'm more concerned about just being overwhelmed that he's not able to get to his spots. And because, you know, he had five turnovers against the Raptors the other night. Uh, and that's turnovers have been an issue for him in the playoffs before. I, he hasn't been as bad with it this year. I've, I've commended his improved playmaking ability a lot this year that I think has gone all, mostly unnoticed by non Sixers fans, but I don't know. I just, I I'm a big fan of this Raptors team. And anyone who looks at my Twitters anytime, like I'm always, you know, I hype the Raptors up. It's even when they were playing the Sixers when they beat us, I was I was owning what happened. So I am a fan of this Raptors team. I think they're well coached. Nick Nurse, I think, is one of the best in the league. Uh, when it, just as a head coach, and I don't know, I think Embiid will be able to, like Justin said, get his get his numbers, play the play the way he's supposed to. But I don't know. It's just I am a little worried. But I'm worried about everyone else except for Embiid, pretty much. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how to phrase it. I'm not really worried about Embiid necessarily. I'm just kind of worried about, I guess, just the Raptors' solution to the way our offense is run. Like, it, will Embiid be able to get in position to do what he does best? I'm not sure if he'll be able to consistently do that throughout the series. 
Now, James Harden, though, his playmaking ability is one of the best in the league. He's he's proven to be one of the best passers. So maybe he'll be able to uh, help Embiid get over that hump there, get over that issue. But so another another topic that's going to play another topic that's going to play a big part in this series, I think, is the bench unit for the Sixers going up against the Raptors. Because as I mentioned, Nick Nurse is a very good coach. I think he knows how to utilize his lineup very well. And if Fred Van Vliet and OGN Nomi are both healthy for this series, the Raptors are only going to have more depth than they did the other night against the Sixers. I, Especially without Fiebel, because Danny's not going to have to start in some of these games, the depth is really going to struggle. Justin, what, what, are you, what are you expecting from the bench here? What are you hoping to see? And what do you think will happen? Do you think they could potentially lose us the series? I mean, it's scary. Uh, we saw the last time we played the Raptors in the playoffs. Uh, every minute, Embiid yes. wasn't on the floor. Greg Monroe was yeah. out there slumping yep. around. Yep. Uh, it's terrible. <laughs> the name Greg Monroe is shunned in Philadelphia. Yep. And I see a lot of the same here. The Raptors, very deep team. Uh, Sixers without the eyeball, we probably have two three people coming off the bench. Uh, and it depends on what Doc wants to do that day. Uh, will yeah. we see B-Ball Paul? That's, that's the big story. That's I the do. big story, man. Uh, it's just the press conference he had, like, it's it's one thing to be like, oh, I'm going to play DeAndre because I like DeAndre more. Oh, B-Ball Paul, he's still young. But, like, to just lie to the faces of the, like, he's like, oh, we play, we play B-Ball Paul against the small ball fives. No, you don't. You've only played him in two games for more than like five minutes. Like only the last two games has he been a regular part of the rotation. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because the Raptors do play small ball. They don't really have a true center. So I'm hoping that Doc's going to be true to his word and throw B-Ball Paul out there on Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, whatever it is, and he'll suit up against the Raptors. But if DeAndre Jordan comes into that game before B-Ball Paul does, I'm going to lose my mind. JP, we know we know that you don't like Doc Rivers either. What do you what are you thinking about the bench unit and also B Ball Paul specifically? Um, well, I'll start with the bench. Uh, obviously, it's it's not good at all. But I I will say that uh, in the playoffs, I I feel like depth is a little bit overrated just because the rotations shorten. Uh, the stars are playing like forty minutes a game. Yeah. So like we have two bench players. It's Niang and Shake right now, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, uh, everybody knows how I feel about Shake, so it's really one for me. <laughs> yeah, well, Shake has been playing better recently, um, but <laughs> the backup center is just—it's so infuriating because we've seen it year after year. That's mainly the reason we get eliminated in the yes. second round every year. Yeah. And we have the perfect matchup—a small five who can switch, who has a lot of energy, who rebounds, and Doc is going to play the fossil of DeAndre Jordan, who doesn't even go for rebounds anymore, and it just drives me nuts. The clip of him just – this is the guy This is the guy that made first-team All-NBA somehow because he was putting up 16 rebounds a game. Dude was just watching people. He was just sitting there watching people the other night. Like, if you're seven foot two, you can just stand uh, there and grab those Jesus, rebounds. Man. I, I, and I used to like DeAndre, but, like, he's just washed up and I guess doesn't feel like trying anymore either. Ah. I'm just and now there's – like, I don't get – like, so I'm, I'm assuming that Doc loves him because he's this lob threat that – 
Uh, yeah, Lob City. Lob City's coming back. He can play off James Harden. But, like, yeah. Paul Reed's, what, 21 years old? Like, he can jump. He can catch a lob. Yeah. He's an NBA yeah. center. Like, it's, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, it's just – I don't know what Doc is – like, he's like, well, the coaches, we watch we watch the practices. We, we see things you don't see. What are you seeing? <laughs> like, it's not, it's not football. This isn't like, oh, explain to me how the safety plays this formation. Like, no, I can't do that. But I can tell you that B-Ball Paul is faster and has more energy than DeAndre Jordan. I don't need to be a basketball aficionado expert to be able to notice that. But I got off my main point. Let me circle back to the bench here real fast. I agree. I hear what you're saying, JP. I do think that in the playoffs, rotations, yes, they certainly cut down. But I think especially without Thibault in half of this series – Bench, the bench is still important because you can't play the stars 48 minutes. And I think you got to have, I think seven guys is usually what a championship team has. They have seven dependable guys. When you look at the last time we played Toronto, it was Lowry, Green, Kawhi, Pascal, Gasol, Serge, and Van Vliet. And that was, that was their seven that they ran. And it probably been Ananobi also, but he was hurt during those playoffs. But they had seven guys who, as we see now, as the future's, unwinded all those guys are immensely talented I just don't know if the Sixers have maybe even five I I, I like Thibel but offensively he can really get exploited and it's the same thing defensively for Niang or uh, George is just he's slow and I, I like George he's brought a lot of energy I like when he comes at people about whether it's been making fun of not making fun of, but going at Ben Simmons after he got traded, sticking up for Embiid the other day and in the, in the, talking about MVP at the press conference. I like the energy he brings, but I still got a call like it is. I don't know if he's going to be able to help us that much. But, JP, uh, I guess either of you, either, you guys can just jump in. What 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 do you think is a solution to this? Like how, can we, how can we avoid this problem? What's, what is something the Sixers have to do to make the bench just not matter in this series? I, I still think that he has to stagger uh, and beat and harden because when when he takes both of them out at the same time, there's really not much on offense. And like you said, like there's there's no defense, so we have to be able to score. And when both of them are on the bench, it's it's we're gonna be toast. Yeah, I, I would hope I would hope there's few if any minutes across the whole playoffs where James Harden and Joel Embiid are not both off the court. Well, you hope. You hope. <laughs> I, I hope. I pray. I don't know if it's going to. We saw last year in the Atlanta series. Oh, man. I, I Last year in the Atlanta series when we played 11 people in a game six of a – not even the first round. It was a to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. That just – or maybe that was game five. I don't even remember, but the that was game. insane. Yeah, the, sh- the shake game. <laughs> then And then shake got played 20 minutes the game after that because Doc thought that was going to happen every game. Like That was Tyrese Maxey playing. I know, bro. Like Tyrese Maxey got, I don't know, 12 minutes a game in the playoffs last year. Not even. Yeah, it, it was very inconsistent. I mean, I remember being – I was at game five for the Hawks. I don't want to talk about last year that much, but like – it matters, though, because our coach is the same guy. Ben Simmons may be gone, but Doc Rivers has been choking in the playoffs for well over a decade, ever since he won his lone championship. And this is part of the reason why. He plays too many players. He doesn't know when to make the, the switches to his rotation. That's what that's why we're talking about Danny and Thibel. I don't know. Like I don't know if I want Doc to 
start Danny every game and have a consistent game plan, or I don't know if you, I would want him to bring Thibault back in um, or start Thibault at first just to, to go with what we were used to. Justin, what do you think about it? Would you rather have consistency or would you rather him try to adapt to whatever's happening in the series? I feel like consistency is a huge part, but you need to be able to adapt in the yeah. playoffs. Like, yeah. If you see something's clearly not working, you need to change it. Like that was right. the problem with Brett Brown. He was really stubborn yeah. with his yes. rotations. And uh, like game one, we throw out DeAndre Jordan and Siakam just spins. Yeah. Spin, spin, yeah. spin, spin, yeah. spin. Yeah. <laughs> And clearly see DeAndre can't guard him. Yeah. I hope game two that we see Bebo Paul. I hope we see Bebo Paul game one. Like, oh, oh man. Uh, I would probably say I would just start Danny Green the whole series. Uh, just, I mean, I would probably consider doing it even if Thibault could play the whole series mm-hmm. just because uh, I really don't think Thibault's going to do anything on offense. And yeah, we're not going to be able – Thibault can't guard everyone. And – Danny Green's old and slow, but he can get a few steals and slide his feet a little bit still. So uh, I'd probably pick him for the offense just to start over him the whole series. Yeah, that's fair. And I think, you know, it's like, oh, riveting content. You have to make adjustments in the playoffs. Real smart analysis, Joe. (laughs) But here's the thing. Doc Rivers does it. Like, that was the whole point last year, and it's been the whole point this year. Like, and Doc would be like, I, I, I'm a top 15 coach of all time, according to the list the NBA put out. You have to give me my – would you say this about Popovich? It's like, no, no, because Popovich changes his lineups. Like, if you look at the Spurs, like, championship teams, one game Splitter would start and then Diaw would come in and then Bellinelli one game. I don't know. But he he, he would he, – no, no. yes, the <laughs> Philly legend Bellinelli is an NBA champion. But nonetheless – Yes, it seems like simple stuff, but especially this biggest, we have a huge coaching mismatch because I think Nick Nurse has proven that he is able to really coach up any team at this point. This team's got, you would think, a lot of redundant players, but they function very well together. And, ah, man, I I just, I'm really nervous about it. I I really hope coaching, you know, Spike Eskin on Rice and Ricky Sanchez, he always says, no, coaching's overrated. I hope he's right. I hope that having the rightful MVP a top-tier passer, and an absolute stud in Max, who we barely talked about, I guess because we just all assume that he's going to be ready to play. Do, do you guys think, like, Maxi, this is first, This is my, basically his first playoff run? Do you, are you concerned about him at all? Just, you know, sometimes players in their first playoffs, they, they don't excel? No, I'm not really concerned yeah. at all. Max is uh, a He knows what's yeah. up. He's a hooper. He's a hooper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he just needs to get uh like he doesn't need to be our main scorer. He mm-hmm. just needs to get his few and uh do what he does. Yeah. Yeah. As long as he I think Harden is gonna be the key for Maxi because if Maxi he's certainly capable of scoring, you know, 25-30, but I don't know if he's capable of scoring at every game against a tough defense like Toronto. Harden is going to need to just step up. And I guess I guess if we're gonna make fun of doc for his playoff fairs. We have to at least acknowledge Harden's doesn't this is, this is a scary one for Harden because you know, he as he's already struggles in the playoffs and Toronto is a tough defensive team, but I would hope that he's ready for at least a first round. I hope he's ready to at least go in the first round. I mean, after that, we'll see where it goes, but I would hope he at least comes ready to play 
against Toronto. I will say that I think Harden's playoff struggles are a bit overstated. For majority of the games, he plays pretty well. It's just the few really bad games that everyone remembers. But I, I would agree, that, and I would say that this is his probably the worst matchup for him just because yes. of all the length and how he seems like he lost a step athletically. Uh, but I, I feel like he's going to have something to prove these playoffs since everyone uh, is doubting him. And I'm just going to hope that he shows up ready to play. Yeah, you may, you make a good point. Uh, I think when you think about, it, you know, he's made a finals with the Thunder, which granted not really his accomplishment, but he's, he was the third best player on that team. And then you have the Houston team. I, I still say that if Chris Paul never pulls his hamstring, the Rockets win the title that year, the year they went 65 and 17. And he's made conference finals like and Nets last year, he got hurt. So he didn't really get to really totally enjoy that run either. So I hear your point there. I'm more just acknowledging what's what the stats say, what the what's on paper. I I hope he bucks the trend this year with us. I, I would, I, I try, I've been a little, I've been a little critical of him since he's been here, but it's because I expect a lot from him. He'll always be better than Ben. I'm always going to be happy to have him over Ben, but we're about to pay this guy $47 million a year until he's like 38. He needs to back it up at least at the beginning of that contract, in my opinion. Justin, do you have any thoughts on Harden? No, nah, I just agree ex- exactly yeah. what you're saying. Like, uh, his hamstring still seems to be bothering him True. a bit. Uh, I'm scared that's going to spring up playing a lot of minutes in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was looking at our regular season stats. I was shocked that he played almost 38 minutes a game with us. Yeah. Yeah, definitely didn't feel like that. No, not at all. I think one last thing before we really get to the the rest of the playoffs here, I think when we are looking at the matchups that Toronto can throw at us, I think our best-case scenario is that they stick Van Vliet against Thibault – or not Thibault, against Maxi because I like Van Vliet. I was talking about him for all defense when I did that podcast, but I think Maxi has the right energy to, to take him out of his game defensively. Uh, even though he's a good, he's good at poking those steals out, he, despite his height. But I think we want Van Vliet to go against Maxi. I don't. We don't want OG or Scotty Barnes against Maxi because that could be trouble. Harden's probably gonna have to deal with probably Barnes, and that could be trouble. But Barnes is still a rookie. Maybe Harden. I would hope Harden would be able to exploit that. And then Embiid's just gonna have to survive all the front court guys that they're gonna throw. You know, Ken Birch might foul out. Here comes Chris Boucher. Here comes Thad Young, Sixers legend. They're going to be throwing random guys at Embiid, and the hope is that we're just going to be able to use our ability to get to the line to our advantage. So wrapping up this discussion on the Sixers specifically, what's you guys' predictions for this series? Starting with you, Justin. What do you think? How do you think this ends up? Uh, well, I just want to say that both the first and second round matchups uh, – I think it's going to come down to coaching. Uh, yes. I agree what we were saying with earlier, like coaching's a bit overrated, uh, definitely during the regular season at least. In the playoffs, it's where the flaws in coaching definitely get exposed and be like if we lose either first, second round, it's going to be because of the huge mismatch we have in coaching. Nick Nurse and Eric Spolster yes. are both yes. miles ahead of Doc Rivers. Mm-hmm. But that being said, <laughs> Sixers and six okay. over okay. Toronto. Okay. Six or seven, I believe the Raptors can definitely win two or three games. Mm-hmm. Uh, six against the Heat. Okay. 
uh yeah <laughs> do you have no, a do you have no, no explanation just vibes just just but we're gonna beat the beat okay <laughs> Wait, what's gonna happen after that though <laughs> uh, i do believe that the bucks have an advantage on us i yeah. think we we get over the second round hump but unfortunately fall in the conference finals yeah uh devastating fashion six or seven games uh just the way philly likes to do it <laughs> what about you jp what are you feeling um i my official pick is also sixers and six and uh it basically comes down to the fact that there's not like one guy on the Raptors that I'm like I'm like terrified of. It's just a bunch of like yeah. There's really no Kawhi. Good. There's no there's no Terminator yeah. here. Yeah, there's no Kawhi to ruin our hopes and dreams. It's just <laughs> yeah. a bunch of like, yeah, yeah. A bunch of um, good players and Kawhi. Like, Kawhi gets returns to Toronto on Saturday morning. I can see Gary Trent. Oh my God, balancing the ball five like, times. Gary Trent. <laughs> yeah, we just have we have the two best players and. Uh, I mean, Maxi is right up there with one of the best players in the series. So yeah. I'm just going to – I like Siakam a lot, but I would hope if Harden is on his A game, we have the two best players in the series. Yes. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. Star players thrive in the playoffs. For sure. Usually. <laughs> <laughs> Usually. Um, do you have – do you want to go what, – what's after the first round for you, JP? What do you, what do you got? Uh, so after the first round, I – think that we will beat the I think the Heat are overrated too <laughs> yeah because uh, the same reason they they don't have like one guy I'm like oh my god I'm just yeah. so scared of this mm-hmm. guy really mm-hmm. good players uh, yeah. so I think we can beat the Heat in six and then uh, in the conference finals I have us going up against the Bucks, and yeah. I have us beating the Bucks in six oh okay <laughs> Definitely um, not a homer pick. Definitely. <laughs> no, not, this is not biased at all. No, no. This is this is this is not a 76ers podcast. But this is I'll cool say this analytics. I'll say this. When we beat the Bucks right before the All-Star, I think it was the game before the All-Star break. Embiid yeah, just killed I do remember them. That. He did. That was, without, did. that was without Harden. It was just Embiid. You're right. You're right. So you're so, not concerned about Serge Ibaka, who killed us. In the Raptor series, he's now in the books. No, I'm, no, I'm, I'm just not kidding. Really, he plays. Brooke, he really plays. Brooke Lopez, no. Yeah, um, his bad back. His back's already aching. How's he going to keep up with him and beat a whole series? Uh, I think if we put the the Giannis stopper, Paul Reed. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. That's what I love to hear. The Giannis think, stopper, Paul Reed. I think okay. we'll be winning the East this year. <laughs> so Paul Reed has to play. 30 minutes a game, the matchup with Giannis. Yes, match the minutes. Doc Rivers gets fired mid-playoffs. <laughs> Dave Yeager, the hero Philly needed. Sam Cassell, whoever it is, plays Paul Reed, and he destroys Giannis. I love to hear that. I will give my a little more measured predictions to try to, to, try to um, remain credible as a podcast here, but I do think the Sixers will win against the Raptors in the first round. I've been teasing on the podcast that I'm going to pick against the Sixers. I won't actually do that. I think (laughs) for the same reason, I'm going to go with the old adage, best player wins the series. Embiid is the MVP this year. He is going to be able to overcome all this length the Raptors have because he's that good. It's just that's what that's what great players do. You know, the Jordan rules, they didn't last too long. He, He eventually overcame them. The Embiid rules that the Raptors might try to throw in there, they're not going to work. Embiid's going to be able to overcome the bad coaching, the bad bench, DeAndre's five minutes a game that are probably going to happen. 
I think we beat the Raptors in seven games. It's going to get ugly. I could see a lot of low-scoring games, just like the last time we played the Raptors. Different team for both sides, but I do think it could be a, a you know, a drag, drag your feet through the mud kind of series. Um, and then I do think I kind of agree with your map for the playoffs. I think the Bucks and the Heat would be the next two opponents we'd face. I, I'll just pick against. I'll pick the Sixers to beat the Heat too, because just because I hate Jimmy Butler so 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 much. Uh, so I do think the, the Heat are very talented. I think they have a lot of depth. I think they have a good defense. I also don't think Bam can guard and beat. I think that's a made-up narrative that's never been proven by anything that's ever happened. People I don't think used it's, to say Bam was Yeah, Bleacher Report, after the bubble, Bleacher Report ranked Bam ahead of Embiid on their little top, whatever, <laughs> top 25 players list. It was absurd. It was propaganda. The anti-Philly propaganda never ends. <laughs> I hate to see it, but the Heat are going to be eliminated also as eh, six games. We're, after we win a big seven-game series against the Raptors, we'll be able to have the energy to beat the Heat in less than seven. And I I don't think we can beat the Bucs. I don't think Paul Reed's coming to save us. I don't think um, I don't think we're going to be able to stop Giannis. Because Embiid, yes, Embiid is a good defensive center, but – He's not going to be assigned Giannis the whole time. Otherwise, he'd be totally – he just – his energy would be totally gone halfway through the series. And Giannis, same thing, honestly. But I don't think those two are going to be guarding each other constantly. And I don't know who else is going to be able to guard Giannis on this team. I don't think anyone – he's just on another level right now. And Bede's on the same level. But the difference to me is that the Bucks, the Bucks don't have a great – interior defense, but I think they have slightly more options to throw it in B and then we have to throw it Giannis. So I can see the Bucks probably beating us in five or six games. I really do think that, but hopefully that leads to Doc Rivers getting fired. Do you guys think Doc Rivers would be fired if we lost in the Eastern Finals? I'm worried he'd stay. I, I think they're going to keep him if we make it. Yeah, because uh, it's the best we've ever uh, done. With I, I think that they're going to fire him unless they make the finals. Really? Just because of everything that everyone's been saying about the Lakers and stuff. Yeah, like, that's a good point. Maybe he just leaves on his own free will. Yeah. And yeah. Like leaves. But he, I don't know how that works because, like, he's under contract, but, like. Can we trade him? Yeah. If, yeah, the Celtics traded Doc Rivers to the Clippers. I should do the re- next podcast. I'm going to have what the Celtics got back for Doc Rivers in the trade. But, yes, that is something that happened. So, yeah, let's trade. We could I would trade. I would attach a first-round pick with Doc Rivers. <laughs> the Doc Rivers tax. Yeah. The Lakers need those picks, man. They need some picks. They can give us back Austin Reeves. Do- Austin Reeves for Doc Austin Rivers. Austin Reeves would be so good on the Sixers. <laughs> we, need all, uh, we need Austin Reeves and Patrick Beverly and Josh Hart. They all need to be Sixers next year. Jose Alvarado. We need some bench players, man. I, I miss having a fun bench. That was seems like it was a, a lifetime ago when Mike we had Scott Yeah, what happened to Mike Scott Hyde, man? What happened to TJ and Rashawn Holmes? I miss those guys. Ursan so, Yeah, Ursan, Marco Bellinelli. Now we're now we're stuck with Shakes. Shakes 18 points once every seven games. Furkan Korkmaz is 29% three-point rate from, from three-point range. And DeAndre Jordan, who probably runs like a 10 second 40 right now. So that's our bench. And it makes me worried real fast before we end the pod. Do you guys have any wider playoff predictions? Do you have any series that catch your eye and do you have a finals pick JP? You can start Did any, anything that stands out to you. Um, I think from the first round, 
the two series that interest me the most are obviously the Boston and Brooklyn yes. series, and then the Dallas and Utah, just because Luca's hurt, right? And no one really knows when he's going to play. Um, and I'll say this: uh, I I really think Boston's going to beat Brooklyn. I, I know do everyone. Too. What do you think, Ish? Yeah, I got Boston. Yeah. I know. I, every, Everyone's picking Brooklyn, and I, I, I feel like it's, this is the same thing that happened last year when the Lakers were the seven seed and the Suns were the two Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, yeah. Everyone was picking the Lakers, and I just couldn't get it, and the Suns beat them pretty handily. Uh, I, I mean, especially if Robert Williams is healthy, mm-hmm. uh, I think they'll beat them in, like, six. Yeah. Listen, man, Celtics are supposed to be the Sixers' arch rival. I have nowhere near the amount of hatred for Boston that I do Miami and Brooklyn right about now. I am pulling for the Celtics so hard in that series. I hope they prove the doubters wrong. They prove that they are the number one defense in basketball. What do you? What is your thoughts on that series? Ish? Nothing would put a smile more on my face for it than Ben Simmons oh. suiting up first game of the season, <laughs> game five or six for the Brooklyn Nets, Send goodbye, just to home. be sent home. <laughs> By the Celtics, like he has. <laughs> I want to. I want to see Marcus Smart. I want to see Marcus Smart force Ben Simmons to retire. Like he's already just so off the reservation as a basketball player right now. I don't know what Marcus like. Imagine playing. Imagine if the if Patrick Beverly was in the Eastern Conference on the Celtics or something. Imagine what Patrick Beverly would do to Ben Simmons. That's why we need him on the Sixers next year. If the Celtics can hold Ben Simmons to a one-point game once again, I think he retires. I don't even get. I don't even get why they're like making him play. Yeah, I don't get it either. Well, actually, here's here's why I think. Like, I was gonna say this before we got into Ben, but when we were just talking about the the series, I was gonna say Brooklyn. I don't think they have one good defender on their team besides Bruce Brown, but he's six four. He's gonna be exploited in that series. Yeah. Claxton's yeah, they play they play uh Drummond now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Drum Drummond would have been nice to have right about now. Nets but knew what they were doing. Yeah, they 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 robbed us of our backup center. But we should have another one, but he doesn't play. But we already got into <laughs> that. Yeah, I, I think I just think the defense is gonna be a real issue for the Nets. Cause Durant, I guess, is gonna guard Tatum, but that's just Well, that's what I was gonna say. Like I don't I don't understand how he hasn't played in ten months, Ben Simmons. Yeah, and you're gonna bring him back game five. It could be two two. Like this is like the biggest game of the series. You have gonna no idea what he's gonna give you at all. Someone back after he hasn't played since June of last year to guard one of probably the five best offensive players in the NBA. Like yeah. it just doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah, I saw a tweet saying Brooklyn is gonna use Simmons like Dennis Rodman. Uh, I could see it. Like he would be so good for that. That like, that's what I mean. Like he would be Dennis Rodman who can pass. Like. Dennis Rodman, in the sense, not as a rebounder, but just the yeah. role of like the defensive only guy. He Ben Ben Simmons' best role forward might just be like forward Tony Allen. That might be the only way he's a stay in a career because, or or he just you know the Nets teammates said he's like Michael Jordan right now. They he has the <laughs> Michael Jordan mindset. That was the biggest piece of propaganda I've ever seen in my life. That was ridiculous. What a ridiculous headline to put out in the year 2022. Unbelievable. He took that personally. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan just, should take that personally. I want to see Jordan play better in a 1v1. I don't think Ben would ever accept that, though. I think he always <laughs> wanted like, the, the star scorer player. I don't think he would yeah. ever just like, play defense. Yeah, like, I Ben, Ben, 
he just loves being Mr. Hollywood, but he can't back yeah. it up. Like he loves, he loves, I don't know. He loves his social media presence. He loves being Mr. Cool Guy. He loves the Kardashians. Yeah. The Twitch streams. Kardashians he loves don't love the him Twitch though. Stream. Kendall dumped his ass. <laughs> what do you say? He loves the Twitch streams. His yeah, he loves the Twitch streams. <laughs> <laughs> One other series I just wanted to highlight uh, briefly. I think Warriors Nuggets, this has been a lot of anti-Yokage stuff, but I'll give him some props here. He could he could send the Warriors home because I don't know if anyone on their team can guard him. JP, you're shaking your head. Do you disagree with that notion? Yeah, I think the Warriors would win that series, but Jokic, he could really give the Warriors problems. Uh, I mean, I mean, Jokic, you know, probably average 35 points because they yeah. don't have a center, really. Um mm-hmm. But uh, I think Curry's playing, so I just don't see it. They have no one else, really. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Because Jamal Murray, he never came back. There was rumors he would. He never did. Yeah. Justin, you have any uh, Jokic thoughts? Yeah. Uh, Curry's <laughs> coming back. Uh, if he's able to – like, if his injury's not hurting him at all, I think the Warriors yeah. uh, should win the series. We saw Cl- yeah. I still think Jokic wins them two games at least. Right. Uh, but I just don't think the rest of the Nuggets can keep up. And the league leader in Vorp. <laughs> the league leader in Vorp. Oh, man. Uh, I don't think the back-to-back MVP will get out the first round. Yeah, I I, I agree the Warriors should win this series. But it, it would make me eat a lot of my words about Jokic if he single-handedly wills this Denver team over Golden State. I don't see it happening, but I do think he could give the Warriors some problems. Clay just had 41, so hopefully he can keep his hot streak going. Pool, he's been awesome. So I think they have the scoring they need to beat Denver. So I think that's gonna make me sorry. I think it's gonna make me mad either way. Uh if the if you don't want to see the Warriors win either? No, no, no. It's gonna make me mad if the Nuggets win the series, I'm gonna be mad because obviously like I just want them to lose. Yeah. But (laughs) if if they lose, it's gonna make me even more mad because like this is the MVP and you yeah, can't even right, right, one series. Right. Like, it's like, just crazy. I agree. Russell Westbrook, you know, he, he lost first <laughs> round. Russell Westbrook would be proud. He, he lost first round as the MVP. I'm and the six seed. Yeah, he was a six seed. They lost to Houston. They lost to the rightful MVP James Harden that year. Current 76er James Harden. But uh yeah, I, I would be very frustrated. I'd be more frustrated if Denver won. Like, I kind of just understand that the media is going to rob and beat of the MVP. I try not to be like, I am, I like, I'm trying to be in the media. Like, I one day I want to have like a vote and stuff. It's a, but like, at the same time, it, it does. I try not to be like Mr. Fake News. Oh my God, they hate Embiid. But I just don't get. He's the league leader yeah. in Vork. Is How it, can well, you not yeah, vote for I, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. His value. Let me tell you something. Value of a replacement player. No one has a higher value over replacement player than Joel Embiid to DeAndre Jordan. It's the highest value. I don't know how the stat works. I'll be honest, but I can tell you by de- by what the title of the stat is, no one has a higher VORP than Joel Embiid in the NBA right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> it just doesn't – like, they're, they're – Yeah, Jokic has a higher LeBron, whatever that means. <laughs> And they're, they're trying to make Raptor and Raptor. We're playing the Raptors, well, so that's an No, story. Raptor. I was listening to something I forget where, and yeah. they were going into depth about the uh, all the like analytics and stuff. And the Raptor, the the reason why Jokic uh, has such a high Raptor is because it factors in where you were drafted, and he was drafted in the second what? round. 
Yeah. So Paul Reed, Paul, Paul Reed, Paul Reed must have the highest Raptor around. It makes no sense. They're using these made up numbers to say he's yeah. a good defender. Just watch, watch with your eyes. I know. And like, uh, what do you, what, what is Raptor? Like, what is it? Do you know? I, I don't even know. Um, I literally don't even like, know. The, the analytics people, if, if they somehow listen to this, would be like, well, you don't even know what it is. So it's how can you say test. it's bad? It's like, be the when, I don't even care. Advanced stats are fine. Like, I'm okay with it. Like, I looked at them a little bit when I was doing all defense teams to try to, like, confirm, like, what I thought. But they're nice to look at. But points per game, rebounds, field goal percentage, wins, that's the, that's the stuff that matters to me. I, I don't know. Dude, do you want to hear, hear what Raptor is? Yeah. <laughs> Live on air. Raptor reviews for the first time. Sorry, what? It's robust algorithm using player tracking and on-off ratings. What is that? What? And it, was, it, was, it was created three years ago. Three years ago? Oh, my God. Literally made up stats. Like, Allen Iverson, imagine if Allen Iverson played now. Like, great player. His shooting percentage was very bad, though, for most of his career. Like, he would lose in the MVP race to, like, Lamelo Ball, like it wouldn't. People would wouldn't like him either. I think it's just an anti-Philly thing. I think they just hate everything about Philly, no matter what happens. Bryce Philly Harper versus everybody. Brought us an MVP. Yeah. So now we're not going to have one in the city for no. Carson Wentz was the rightful MVP once upon a time as well. Oh my God. Now Commander. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know what I was about to say. Name a better duo right now in the NFL than Katie Feeney and Carson Wentz. Oh my God, they're gonna light up the league. Name a better duo than the Commanders and the government. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. One last thing before we end. What's your JP? You said Sixers are going to the finals for you. Me and Ish did say that. What's your guys' finals predictions right now before the playoffs start? Uh, uh, mine is the Phoenix Suns versus the Philadelphia 76ers. And uh, I really wanted to pick the Sixers, but I just, it, c- it couldn't be that easy. And I thought of, I'm thinking, what's the worst possible way we could lose? So my official finals pick is Phoenix Suns in seven. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't have the Sixers in the finals, so I'm kind of sparing myself from that. Uh, I think. I definitely have a I have Suns Bucks rematch. I think the Suns win it this time. Little Spurs Heat energy there, trading the wins. I think the Suns have just been a well-oiled machine all year. I think it's time Chris Paul finally gets his well-deserved ring. He should have had one when he was with Harden, but now he's going to get one with Booker. Dario's going to get a ring. That's that's what we can take <laughs> away from this season. Dario Sarge. NBA champion. Ish, what's your final prediction? And former Sixers, yes. JaVale McGee. Oh, JaVale McGee, yeah. It's five games here. I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm same with Joe here. I have Bucks suns rematch here once again. I feel like we'll, we haven't heard the last of Bucks suns I feel like Mm-mm. the next few years, yeah, they'll agree. both be contenders. Uh, and the NBA loves rematches, as we've seen. <laughs> yeah. So... But I, I do think the Suns take it this year. I got Suns in six over the Bucks. Uh, I'll say I, Suns in seven. Yeah. The Suns are just real solid team. Uh, I think they take the West pretty easily. I agree. Uh, I think only the Warriors or Grizzlies will give them any type of fight. Mm-hmm. And even that, I think the Suns still top them. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with that take. 
The only thing that could throw a wrench into that is if Jose Alvarado and CJ McCollum bounce, bounce the Suns in the first round. That could very well happen. We'll have to see what happens. This playoffs, I think, are going to be really competitive, really fun. Also, very potentially very devastating, depending on what happens with the Sixers. So, <laughs> JP, thank you guys for joining me today. It was a lot of fun doing the pod. Can't wait for the playoffs to start. So, thank you guys for listening to t- listening today and enjoy the rest of your day. Yes, sir. Go Sixers.